Welcome back and thank you for tuning in to Body Talk with Bex. If you haven't had a chance yet to check out the website, it's just www.bodytalkwithbex.com. Go ahead and do so. There's a few articles and resources and as, as we go along here, I'll be adding more and more of those as well. But this episode and the next one will go hand in hand with an article that I already have up and ready for you guys to take a look at. So we'll be learning more about how to advocate for yourself as a patient in in the medical world. If you're ready, let's get started. guidelines that I like to stick with when advocating for myself and the first one is one that I call my most important rule and it's it's one that people easily forget and uh, tend to not really realize when they're in the middle of the situation but doctors work for you if you're not getting the treatment you need or results that you want try getting a second opinion And this isn't to say that if your doctor is telling you to get more exercise and you simply don't want to, that you find a new doctor. But if if they really truly aren't listening to you about your concerns and comments and applying them to uh, your health and getting help, then there's a serious issue that you should look at. Hopefully you've already listened to episode two where I interviewed my mom to get a parent's perspective on childhood upbringing with illness. And uh, I was so lucky to have someone who understood that the first doctor we were seeing in Stanford simply wasn't listening. Remember, this is the woman who told my mom that what she was seeing in me just simply wasn't possible. And as soon as we saw a different doctor, that statement changed to, of course that's possible in most females. So she, so this doctor wasn't taking my mom seriously when she needed to, and she wasn't listening to the concerns and comments that she had. And that overall made us decide to leave her care. You know, we weren't being treated the way that we should have been, and when we found the problem, we left, seeking out a better replacement. And uh, you always have the capability to do this, really in any situation with doctors that you have. I've got another story about this doctor. You know, if you have listened to the last episode, then you've heard that story. Well, I've, I've got another one. While we were seeing her in Stanford, I was having reoccurring kidney infections because of some reflux that was going up from the ureters, in, from the bladder, and into the kidneys. The Stanford team wanted to close me up entirely and put me on a catheter for the rest of my life. In this time, this is what they did for boys with bladder estrophy, and uh, back then it wasn't irre- it wasn't reversible, so this was a done deal. You know, I would n- never be able to go to the bathroom naturally ever again if they did this. And uh, when we saw our second opinion, Dr. Mitchell, down in or up in Seattle he immediately had a different idea. He wanted to move the ureters from the bottom of the bladder to the top of the bladder so that I would have to be really, really full in order for there to be a backup issue into the kidneys. 
So that's an example of a doctor not listening when my mom had concerns about the surgery and the fact that maybe I wasn't in need of something so drastic and she didn't listen to that and so we found somebody else who thought that there were other options that we could turn to before taking such a drastic route. You know, over the last two years or so with the pandemic, seeing a therapist or counselor has become more normalized in our society, which is a wonderful thing. But you hear people mentioning that they had to switch therapists because it wasn't a good fit for them. It can be the same thing as with your general practitioner. You know, not everyone will be a good match, whether that be a personality clash or a specialty difference. And, you know, you do have the capability to switch providers or, you know, switch therapists or switch, you know, general practitioners. It's the same idea for every type of service. You know, you're, you're spending your money to obtain their expertise on a specific area. And if they don't have that knowledge or, you know, they don't deliver the quality of care in a timely manner, then why are you paying them for these services? And actually, you know, talking about the quality of care that you're receiving actually ties in with my next rule. And that's, you know, don't be afraid to ask questions. If you aren't walking away from the appointment confident that you understand everything the doctor just told you, then there's just a disconnect with how the doctor is speaking to you. You know, you didn't go to medical school. They did. So they need to be able to break down all those big words that they're talking with and break it into, you know, something a little bit more chewable that the average person can understand. You know, we've all heard the term doctor jargon and that's a real thing. Um, sometimes you'll hear a doctor speaking to a nurse and you won't be able to follow what's happening, but that nurse will go off on a mission to complete whatever task it was that was asked of them. Um, you know, and you should feel comfortable enough with your doctor to ask them questions when they do use this jargon and they shouldn't be irritated, you know, when, when you ask for, the, for clarification. Everyone is different. Maybe you grew up with an illness and always paid attention and knew what was being said, but... I personally relied on my mom and my Aunt Jean to be able to essentially translate for me. When I moved away for college and needed to start seeing a doctor again, I was by myself and sometimes didn't know what was going on. I would write down questions that my mom had or thought would be a good idea to ask and I would write down the doctor's answers so that I could call her later and discuss what the doctor said and needing, you know, an explanation of what they had told me. But eventually, I asked my doctor to clarify some of the lingo that he was using, and lo and behold, he was happy to explain it, and that first time I was so nervous to ask, you know, thinking that I was going to embarrass myself, but once I thought about and realized, hey, I didn't go to medical school and I never had to memorize, you know, medical terms and such, so why should I be embarrassed to ask questions? You know, after the first appointment of opening up that line of communication, it became much easier in the future. Now, I know usually doctors will ask you at the end of the appointment if you have any questions or any other concerns that you want to talk about, and sometimes it may seem like they are in a rush and kind of shooing you out the door so that they can get to their next appointment, but if you have questions, if you feel like you don't understand something that they said, always stop them and ask. There's no harm. 
So as you can see, that second rule really does line up pretty well with the first rule, you know, doctors work for you and if you have a question, just ask it. And my next one is listen to your body and speak up. You know, doctors can't make an educated guess about what's happening with your body if they don't have all the right facts. And I don't just mean, you know, what they can see physically or by doing the standard checkup with the blood pressure, cough, and such, you know. It could be as simple as talking about what kind of pain you're having. If you're in pain, where is it? What does it feel like? They always ask you to rate it on a scale of 1 to 10. And honestly, I think that scale is really stupid because... It doesn't tell them what kind of pain you're experiencing, and there are different kinds of pain. I mean, is it like a really bad muscle cramp, you know? Or is it like that pins and needles sensation that you get when blood circulation, you know, floods back into your leg after sitting on it weird for a while? Or is it like a jabbing pain? Or is it consistent or coming and going? I mean, there's so many different types of pain that simply asking a 1 to 10 how bad is it isn't going to give them all the information that they actually need. So being able to open up and really talk about and discuss what's going on with you is much more helpful. And the more detail you can give them, the better they can do their job. You know, never let them just assume something because that may wind up treating the symptoms instead of the actual virus or bacteria or whatever the main issue is. I've definitely had a few times where I had symptoms treated instead of the actual bacteria and I've had you know experiences where I should have said something and didn't so for example I was experiencing right after college I was you know my mid-20s and I was experiencing a lot of depression sluggishness consistent nightmares things along that line and my doctor didn't know any of this, of course, because it's happening to me, you know, when I'm at home in my daily life. And she wouldn't know anything unless I told her. And I didn't. I was quiet for a number of years about all of these things that I was experiencing. And during one of my regular checkups, she asked me if I had anything else that I wanted to bring up. And I finally broke down one day and told her all of those things that I had been feeling. And we had a really long discussion about how long I had been experiencing this and different avenues of treatment we could take. And she referred me to a therapist that she trusted um, who specialized in people in their 20s dealing with this type of symptoms of depression and sluggishness and all that. And, you know, at this point, I have gotten treatment and I'm doing much better in feeling you know, a much more like my childhood joyfulness that I felt like I was way back when I was younger. But uh, I never would have gotten there if I had never said anything to my doctor in the first place. So really, listen to your body. Whenever anything is off, it's trying to tell you something. And if you don't tell your doctor about those things, you're not going to get treatment. So that, that's a really important rule, being able to pay attention, listen, and verbalize it.
of these three things sound like really simple concepts and they sound like they should be fairly common knowledge, but you know, it's a lot harder to act on it than it is to say it. So I always feel like these are things that need to be repeated often enough so that it gets ingrained into people's heads that you should feel comfortable, you know, being able to switch doctors or talk to them or ask them to clarify things or ask for definitions of words, things like that. And uh, you're the only person who can be your best advocate. You know, you can't do yourself justice if you don't start making these concepts a regular practice every time you see a doctor. You know, nothing but good can come from this. So that was just three of about six points that I have in the article. Just a short little episode today. Next time we will tackle the a few other ones. Um, in the meantime, thank you for listening. And if you haven't yet, make sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts.